Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Before we dive into today's episode, I did want to open up with a trigger warning here. We are talking today about mental health and with that, a recently public story about a student athlete that had committed suicide. So if that will trigger you in any way, I welcome you to turn this off now before we dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Live Your Personal Best. So I'm just going to be upfront with you guys. This podcast episode was a really hard one for me. It was a really hard one to record. I've now tried recording it three separate times and I'm always someone that I just hit play record once and then usually upload and go like I never really over edit any of my episodes but this one I keep trying and trying again because I feel like mental health is so tough to talk about and I've I've just wanted to scrap this episode so many times I'm like I don't have the right words to say around athlete mental health so why say it at all right I was like I don't want to come off in the wrong way. I don't want to be offensive. So I'm just not going to talk about it. But I realized that by having that mindset, it's led me to not talk about it. And it's so important to talk about. I was reminded of it again this past week where if you haven't seen a lot of the headlines, a Stanford soccer player, Katie Meyer, she was the goalie. She won NCAAs. She was awarded MVP her freshman year. She died by suicide last week, and my heart goes out to her friends and family and just everyone impacted by that tragic loss. And it was a big thing for people to talk about because, you know, those are the type of people that you think, I had no idea anything was going on. From the outside, everything looks so successful. And so people started talking about mental health at that point. And then later that week, Harry Miller, who is a football player for Ohio State University, released a statement saying that he would be retiring from football due to medical health, or (laughs) he was medically retiring due to mental health. And I think that these two stories, you know, are just bringing more and more awareness to coaches, to trainers, to their support that Mental health in athletes is a huge problem that rarely gets addressed, if ever gets addressed, and it's something that I would argue 
every single athlete deals with and struggles with at some point in their career. And I think that it's really common for us to chalk things up to a bad day or a bad practice or a bad week maybe, but it goes so much deeper than that. And that's where people don't want to talk about it. That's where it gets uncomfortable and sticky and messy and you don't want to feel like you know, you have it worse than someone else. You're like, oh, well, I have it better than this person, so I shouldn't be feeling like this. Or you feel guilty or you feel alone like you can't talk about it. And all of these things are just brushed under the rug in athletics. And I don't say that to put blame on a specific person or a specific institution, but I think it's just part of all of us and part of just what we're used to. Even myself, you know, I would say I care a lot about mental health in athletes. And in my book, Elite to Everyday Athlete, I had to do a lot of research for it. And for my podcast episodes, I, I feel like I talk about it. But looking back, I really only touch on the subject. When Simone Biles came out last year during the Olympics that she decided to drop out and not compete Due to her mental health, I released a podcast episode, and in that episode, you know, I was very supportive of her, and I was encouraging of everything that she was doing, but I almost just glossed over the fact of how hard it was for her mental health, and even making that decision, you know, if you make a decision to step back for your mental health, that in itself is a hard decision to make, and so I now look at my own actions, and I'm like, yes, maybe I'm not contributing to the problem, but I'm also not actively helping for the solution, right? I'm not actively creating the space where I've shared my own mental health journey with athletics or maybe where my guests come on or I share research. You know, I don't dive into it as much as I maybe should have in the past. And mental health in athletes is something that is very close to my heart. And I'm not talking about it now because, you know, all the headlines are about it now, but because it really made me This was like a trigger for me to reflect and be like, this is something that has been so close in my life and has affected me personally and I don't even talk about it. So I can't even imagine, you know, like from the outside perspective of maybe the coaches that haven't gotten it before or the spectators that haven't understood it before where they could be coming from. So I definitely want to talk about it more now and want to start actively being part of the solution and fostering a space where it feels very normal. And this is part of, you know, the health and fitness journey is sometimes going through a struggle like this. I want to read a part of Harry Miller's statement that he posted when he announced that he was medically retiring. And I encourage you to read the whole thing. It's very impactful. His Instagram where he posted it, it's H underscore Miller 76. But he says, I am medically retiring. I would not usually share such information. However, because I've played football, I am no longer afforded the privilege of privacy, so I'll share my story briefly before more articles continue to ask, what is wrong with Harry Miller? That is a good question. It is a good enough question for me not to know the answer, though I have asked it often. Then to jump a few paragraphs, a person like me who supposedly has the entire world in front of them can be fully prepared to give up the world entire. This is not an issue reserved for the far and away. It is in our homes. It is in our conversations. It is in the people we love. And then to jump another paragraph. And so I will love more than I can be hated or laughed at. For I know the people who are sneering need most the love I was looking for. The cost of apathy is life, 
but the price of life is as small as an act of kindness. I am a life preserved by the kindness that was offered to me by others when I could not produce kindness for myself. Harry's words are beautifully written. I jumped paragraphs for the things that I thought might be triggering. And I didn't want to read the whole thing because I do encourage you to go to his page to check it out. But, you know, this idea of, you know, kindness saved him. And, you know, he was one of the ones that he said that he had asked for help from his coaches. And luckily he got help and he was able to make a decision that was right for him. But this reminds me that even if we don't have all the answers for mental health in ourselves and with others, that doesn't need to prevent us from not doing anything, from not saying anything. So I don't think I've ever talked about it on this podcast or on social media in general. I barely talk about it in person. But my first job when I was in high school, I worked for a suicide prevention hotline. So in Massachusetts, our local one is called Samaritans, and at every bridge there is a sign and it goes, need to talk, like you're never alone, here's a number, and it's a 24-hour hotline. And I did this because when I was in high school, one of my teammates had committed suicide and I felt like, you know, helpless. There wasn't anything I could do. It was too late. I didn't know the signs, anything like that. And so... I decided to start working with more organizations that had that same focus. So I worked there for a few years and it was a very hard job and it was a very, you know, like emotionally draining and taxing, but it also filled me with so much purpose to say, you know, I was able to make someone's day better. I was able to have them last one more day, right? And that's all we can really ask. We're not ever asked to solve everyone's problems or even having to solve our own problems, but just how can you make that struggle a little bit better. So I did want to share a few tips around mental health, but first I also wanted to share this poem that I wrote when all this news was coming out and writing is just my way to process things. And as I committed before, you know, to wanting to open up the conversation around mental health, I think that this will be a big focus for my next book moving forward. So this is the poem that I wrote. The Perfect Athlete. They perform like a robot, excel in everything they're pursuing, don't ask how they are, measure by what they're doing. Mental health is important, but can't be an excuse. If your leg's not broken, then stop with the trust abuse. You have to ignore the negative thoughts, it's only a mindset thing. Get a coffee, take a nap, give the guidance counselor a ping. Another great performance, told you it happened, can't you see? Now what would happen if I wasn't there to push you? You'd give in so easily. So you push on like you're told because clearly it's working. You're fine on the outside and you tuck away the unwanted thoughts emerging. So I'll leave that there. Just some food for thought, you know, of being a perfect athlete who doesn't have mental health struggles. But let's talk about some actions that we can take. So I definitely don't have all the answers I would never claim to. I am not even remotely an expert in this area, but I just kind of wanted to share some of the things that I will personally be doing that I think might help this conversation and help those closest to me that I encourage to pass off on to you too. Number one is being able to acknowledge that more things are a struggle. In this world where we're trying to be more positive and more uplifting and more encouraging, I know that I like to always come at everything with an optimistic approach. 
But I also know that some things you just have to acknowledge as like, that's hard and that's a struggle and this is tough. And the way to get through it isn't by like, oh, looking up and looking brighter, but just by making it through is an accomplishment enough, no matter what your attitude is like through it. For example, injury, as we just mentioned, that's tough. I've dealt with injury in my past. A lot of athletes deal with it at some point. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, my boyfriend broke his ankle in multiple spots, so we're going through it with him. Injury is tough, and it's a struggle, and so what I've been trying to do during this process is letting my boyfriend know, you know, like, you can be upset that you can't do the things you could do before. He hasn't been able to drive a car for months now, and so he's completely confined to his bedroom and you know he's working from home which yes is a benefit you know he doesn't have to try to trek anywhere in his scooter or in crutches but it's still really upsetting to just feel isolated and to feel like oh now the world's opening back up again but I'm not a part of that he wasn't able to compete in his hockey league this year he wasn't able to travel with his team and all of those things those are struggles and they do suck and we can just acknowledge it as such we don't have to find the silver lining we don't have to say this is the lesson that's taught from this struggle you can just acknowledge it as being a struggle so that is what i'm doing more is acknowledging things in my life and in the people's around me life of saying this can just be a struggle this can just be hard and we will get through it but we don't have to make it more than that number two is talking more explicitly about mental health as i mentioned i thought i was talking about mental health i thought that i was being an advocate for athletes mental health and staying healthy but as i said you know a lot of it was just kind of secondary right like I would be talking about physical health and be like oh yeah make sure your mental health is stable too or in the book you know I talk about mental health but I wouldn't deep dive into okay depression is very prevalent in athletes anxiety is very prevalent in athletes going through this transition increases the likelihood of both right like I wasn't so explicit with it even though that's what the research says And when I made that decision to not say it like that in the book, that was a very cautious decision because I was like, I don't want to freak people out. I don't want to cause fear. I don't want to do all these things. But I'm also slightly afraid that maybe, you know, I wasn't vulnerable enough to open up those conversations. I didn't, you know, open up that door of saying, okay, this is what we should be addressing And I think that we can relate these into our daily conversations with friends too. You might be like, oh yeah, I check in on my friends, but are you really? Are are you just maybe asking like, oh, like, how are you? What's new? And then it's the typical, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And you guys never actually deep dive into it. So I challenge you and I mean, I more challenge myself of, you know, being able to open up that door to be a little bit more vulnerable, actually asking the deeper questions. If this is someone that does mean a lot to you and that you would miss and that maybe you do know is struggling, then just asking them a deeper question, just holding that space for them to actually talk to you, that might be a huge difference in their life. So trying to, you know, be more purposeful with checking in on mental health there. And then the last thing that I did want to talk about too, especially if you're someone that struggles with your mental health is taking inventory on the expectations and the pressures that you put on yourself. 
every time that I was struggling with my mental health while I was an athlete, while I was in college, it was always when I felt like I could never live up to these expectations that other people had for me. Like, I would be the one going around and telling people like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm going to graduate with this math major and I'm going to get this great job and I'm going to train for the Olympics and like, those would be the words coming out of my mouth. But then if my parents were to repeat them back to me, they'd be like, oh yeah, so like how's training for the Olympics going? I'd like shut down and I'd be so stressed. I'd be like, I am nowhere near that. I have you guys talking to me about it and my boyfriend and my coaches and my teammates and like, why is everyone questioning me about this? Like, I didn't even perform well today and the more my mental health declined, the more my performance declined. And if you know about my story and that's when my eating declined and just all of it kind of piled on together and it all stemmed from the fact of I felt this pressure. I felt like I would never live up to these expectations. And, you know, a lot of them, they stemmed from myself and they stemmed from things that I thought other people wanted from me. And maybe they did want them from me, but none of those are as important as how you feel and making sure that your mental health is stable and is in a good place. And so, I want to talk about this today, you know, not because I had all the answers, but one, just for you to know that this is a safe place, that I will be very welcome and happy and open to do more topics surrounding athlete mental health. So please reach out if this is something that interests you or something that you would like me to cover and bring guests on to talk about. And then two, for you to know that this is something that I've also struggled with because I'm sure everyone at some point has struggled with. And so just the more that we can hear of other stories that relate to our own, that we feel like we're less alone, that this is more normal, I think kind of the better. And so definitely expect me to be more transparent in this field and also kind of be bringing it into book number two that I'm working on now that's specifically for athletes. So With that, we will get back to our regular programming. I am glad that you joined me for this episode. I'll see you next time.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.